corner of GM. Traveling by private railroad car, Sloan visited General Motor dealers. He said, it may surprise you to know that I have personally visited with many of my associates practically every city in the United States. On these trips, I visit five to ten dealers a day, he said. I meet them in their own places of business, talk with them across their own desks, and solicit from them suggestions and criticisms as to their relations with the corporation. As at Hyatt, decentralization was Sloan's principal theme. According to Time magazine, quote, if a GM division can buy a part cheaper from an outside company than from a corporation division, it is perfectly free to do so. In the same way, GM's cars fight each other for their share of the market. In 1928, heeding a friend's suggestion, Sloan built Rene, a 236-foot yacht that cost him a million dollars. However, since he spent all his time on business, he married Irene Jackson in 1898 but had no children, there was little time for yachting. When asked how things were aboard, he replied, the crew of 43 is eating regularly and appear to be healthy. After a few voyages, Sloan sold the yacht to the Navy in 1941 for $175,000. Like William Durant years earlier, Alfred P. Sloan went on a major acquisition spree, buying every company with any conceivable connection to automobiles. General Motors grew rapidly by providing the public with an array of cars, Chevrolet, Pontiac, Oldsmobile, Buick, and Cadillac, priced so as not to compete with one another. Sloan also conceived the notion of changing car styles annually. However, GM's history in the following two decades had several dark spots. Yellow Coach and Cab, purchased by Sloan from Daniel Hertz in 1925, became the nation's largest manufacturer of buses. Recognizing that electric streetcars represented a threat to GM's expanding bus business, Sloan helped organize Greyhound Corporation and embarked on a crusade to replace electric transit systems with diesel buses. Sloan formed United Cities Motor Transit, National City Lines, and Pacific Cities, and purchased electric streetcar companies across the nation. By 1949, GM, with the help of Standard Oil, had acquired and converted more than 100 electric transit systems, including those in New York City, Philadelphia, St. Louis, and Los Angeles, over to buses. Sloan knew it would be a boom for oil and GM, but he didn't foresee its implications for the environment. In 1937, Sloan became chairman of General Motors' board and continued as its CEO until 1946. During World War II, GM became one of the nation's largest arms manufacturers. However, its German division and ally Adam Opel supported the Third Reich's war effort. How much Sloan or other GM executives knew about it has never been resolved. Alfred Sloan believed in big business. Think big was his motto. He saw bigness as a model for economies of scale, where the company's vast resources would acquire the best talent and produce the best product at the lowest price. He also stressed research, plowing funds into GM's research laboratory managed by the brilliant Charles F. Kettering, inventor of the self-starting electric ignition. Kettering's lab produced many innovations, including four-wheel brakes. These innovations, GM's standards of excellence, and Sloan's management made the company the most profitable manufacturer in U.S. history by 1945. By 1950, General Motors was the largest corporation on Earth. And in the process, Sloan was accumulating a fortune. He was becoming GM's largest shareholder with an annual income of $2.876 million by 1936. A year later, the Treasury Department reported to Congress that Sloan had avoided the payment of nearly $2 million in income taxes. Sloan vehemently denied the charges, but it was a reflection of the massive amount of income he was generating. 
According to Time magazine, Sloan was totally dedicated to GM. They wrote, He never smoked, seldom drank, disliked party-going, scoffed at golf and fishing as waste of time, rarely read anything other than corporate reports. By the time Sloan resigned as chairman of General Motors in 1956, the year his wife died, he was deeply immersed in philanthropy with the same zeal and passion he had had at GM. In 1934, he had established the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation, endowing it with $10 million. The foundation's first major donation was for the formation of the Sloan Kettering Institute for Cancer Research in New York. Over the next two decades, Sloan and his foundation's philanthropy exceeded $300 million, with $31 million directed to Sloan Kettering and $18 million to the Massachusetts Institute of Technology for the formation of the Alfred P. Sloan School of Management Research and Fellowships. Alfred Pritchard Sloan died in 1966. His secret to success was simple. As he put it, keep an open mind.